to always get the latest Game Tea, don't forget to follow us on social media. You can find us at Twitter at Game Tea Podcast X. You can find us on Facebook at The Game Tea Podcast. And you can find us on Instagram at The Game Tea Podcast. We post frequently, giving you podcast updates, posting gaming news, and the occasional meme. Check them out after the show, and thank you so much for listening to The Game Tea Podcast. Everybody and welcome to another episode of the Game Tea Podcast. My name is JP. This is Zach. And I'm Zar. All right. So we're just going to get a little bit into this. First of all, next week, or not next week, but on uh, Saturday, we are putting out our special episode with a very special guest from a different podcast. We actually just got done recording that episode before we came to this episode. And boys, it turned it turned out really, really good. Oh, yeah. You listeners are in for a treat this Saturday because this episode is just us losing our minds (laughs) it's a lot of fun a lot of giggles and man we got to do a collab soon again absolutely just do a collab we gotta do another one of those those are fun yeah another collab more collabs (laughs) and that's not all zach you are a home owner now aren't you yeah so i gotta spruce up this here room for recording stuff i told jp i'd finally do that so we (laughs) Or what, Zach? I don't know. Throw punches, oh, probably? Throw punches, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> throw punches all around. And I'll give one to Czar, too. Hell yeah. With that Yay. kind of itinerary, <laughs> I'm included. <laughs> I just want to be involved. Yeah, Zach, uh, you want to get an itinerary? Let's do this. All right. So on the podcast, we're going to talk about Nintendo doing things. Ooh. What? <laughs> PS5 backwards and booming. GameStop fusing with Microsoft. And Xbox lets you, what? <laughs> what? What? And then we'll end off with some game releases. With that being said, this first article is mine. So are you guys ready? Take it, Zach. I can't wait to talk about it. It's funny that it's an article because it's not really an article. Nintendo just keeps randomly tweeting out videos. And now they're doing Nintendo Treehouse Lives. And they basically gave us like a one day heads up on this thing. And then before you know it, we had an hour worth of gameplay on two games. Um, so the first game they showed us about 40 minutes of Pikmin 3. And we have kind of talked about Pikmin 3. But for the people who weren't there for the episode, our experience with Pikmin 3 is pretty much non-existent. Is that fair to say? Yeah, uh, that's fair. Yeah. So it was it was good to see this direct. And they even like added icing on the cake for this. They released a demo of like the first like level, I think, of Pikmin 3. And um, I guess with that, did you guys get time to watch the video? It is kind of long. It's 41 minutes, I think. I didn't watch all of it straight through. I kind of jumped from place to place and it looks really great. Um, Coming from only playing the very first Pikmin, uh, this game looked very open world. There was a lot more you could do in the intricacy between Pikmin, like the red ones are immune to fire and the yellow ones are immune to electricity. And so you have to mix and match all of these little flower people to uh, complete your objective. And I mean, it it really looks like a a good head scratcher of a a fun puzzle type game. Yeah, I was in the same boat with uh, Czar where I wasn't really observing the whole video because 40 minutes to me is golden time. And I just don't have that kind of time, boys. Uh, But anyway, the main things I was looking for is I wanted to see what the gameplay was like. I wanted to see how the game looked. I wanted to see the characters. And I'm with Czar 100%. It looks like it plays really well. 
The mechanics are there. The gameplay is there. The only concern I really have is I honestly kind of expected the graphics to look a little better. Was I the only one that kind of got that a little bit? I mean, in a game like in a game like Pikmin, where it's so incumbent to be involved and just enthralled with the world that you're in, uh, the graphics don't look as good as I thought they were going to for a Nintendo Switch game. And not that I think that's going to break the game by any means, just something I noticed. You know, it's actually interesting you say that because now that I think about it, yeah, because they have a definite, uh, they have like a difference between the advertised screenshots that I've seen where everything literally looks like a claymation, uh, kind of close to Yoshi's Wooly World or something like that, where it's just that specific art style. But then when you actually see the gameplay, it, it just looks animated. Like you don't see that same really cool claymation feature that they were trying to highlight. Right. Are you going for like the, are you one of the Pikmin short movies? Is that what you're talking about, Zar? Maybe. So yeah, those aren't, those are kind of like, I don't I even know what those are. They're just literally short movies. Apparently Miyamoto just like made those and someone finally like got around to doing it. Hmm. And I mean, and that's fun and all. The point I was just trying to make is that I thought this was going to look a little bit better. Uh, like I said, though, that's not going to make or break the game for me. It still looks like it's going to be a ton of fun. Uh, Zach, I mean, what do you think? Are you kind of in the same boat with us on that? What are you thinking? I mean, I guess I was going to say one of my pros was I thought it looked really go- like gorgeous to me. Um, but I, I'm like rewatching it now to see what you're talking about. And like some of the grass textures and like things, yeah, they look a little dry, but like, I don't know. I'd say the water and the bottle caps, like it's a pretty neat looking game. Um, I agree. I agree with that, that it's unique and like special looking and, but the colors are popping. Like the colors are fantastic. It's just, it's literally just textures that I was looking at. Yeah. I do like the visuals that they have on screen because it really makes you feel insignificant to the world because you got giant potted flowers and like uh, mini gardening shovels that are skyscraper sized. And I I really like that immersion. So Zach, um, you've already pre-ordered the game. You've gone through the trailer. What are you the most excited to do in this game? I think just get lost in the world. Like it's just got a really like calm. It just seems like a game, like maybe like you go to bed at night, you know, you kind of play a little bit and fall asleep too. Cause it's just like super chill, super calming. Um, You're just kind of exploring the world and you're doing it from the pea sized body of a Pikmin. Or I guess from what is an, what is an elf? What is, do we know what that is? I think they're just, they're just called explorers. The explorers. Dude, I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) Which are the size of a Pikmin. Oh yes, so you're you're a tiny little explorer. And I think it's it's a super cutesy game. It's probably not for everybody, but if you uh, if you're on the fence about it, definitely try the demo, and I think you'll know if it's for you or not. And that's exactly it. Is uh, one there's a demo to go try try right now. If you guys look at these YouTube comments, it's uh, lots of them are literally just okay. If you've never played Pikmin, I know what you're thinking, but trust me, just give it a try. It is. It it looks really complicated from an outside viewpoint, but once you actually start playing it, you get the hang of it really quickly, and it's a lot of fun. At least that was my experience from Pikmin 1. Um, I think my favorite part of this video was when they were uh, describing the Pikmin and how they can die. And like the red guys start drowning in the water, and so they pull them back to land. (laughs) And one of the developers is just like, yeah, and uh, 
So when they die, they they blood out this blood curdling screech. And I just wouldn't wish that upon my uh, worst enemy. So please, please be kind to your Pikmin. <laughs> like, whoa. So here's the thing, boys. We are about 10 weeks out from Christmas time. And I know a lot of people just heard us heard me say that and like, oh, 10 weeks is plenty of time. But think about it. The 4th of July was 12 weeks ago. It does not feel like the 4th of July was 12 weeks ago. Don't you bring Christmas into this until Halloween is done. No, just hold on. (laughs) (laughs) The only point I was trying to make is I've only got five more paychecks coming in before Christmas is up. I'm going to be a broke bitch. And therefore, I've only probably got a couple more games I'm going to buy for myself before the year is up. This is definitely going to be one of them. I think this is a special game. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait to play it. This and uh, Hyrule Warriors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. JP, so you're our resident Zelda guy. Yeah. What do you think about Hyrule Warriors, man? Um, So I've been watching a little bit more gameplay. I've been uh, looking more into the trailers, looking more into the characters. I think it's also going to be a really special game. Um, the first Hyrule Warriors was um, in itself kind of slept on, in my opinion. Obviously, its breakout console was on the Wii U, but it was the Wii U, so... Um, And then it got a second chance with the Definitive Edition when it came over to the Nintendo Switch. And it was... I played a little bit of it, and it's not that I didn't have fun, it's just that it got backlogged. You know how it goes with that. But I had a good time with it. The main difference between that Hyrule Warriors and this Hyrule Warriors is the... uh, the fact that the first Hyrule Warriors doesn't really connect to any Zelda game in particular, it's kind of like an homage to Zelda games by giving you the characters with these new little plot points and some familiar characters, but they bring in all different types of characters from Zelda games. Uh, this new one, what is it, Zach? It's like Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity. You got it, man. It's So this that game is specifically going to be about what happens during that hundred year period or like what happens right before Link fails to defeat Ganon and then gets put in the rice cooker for a year, for a hundred years. You can't convince me it's not a rice cooker. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm excited for that. Um, It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be one of Nintendo's big hitters for the holiday season. And that's kind of how I want to tie that back into Pikmin is Nintendo's only got a couple of big hitters left before the year is up. This game right here, Pikmin 3 Deluxe and Age of Calamity with Hyrule Warriors. Those are probably my two games for the year before or for the rest of the year before the year is up. Unless Cyberpunk 2077 actually turns out to be released this year. I still have a little. (laughs) We'll see how that goes. Yeah, you might be holding your breath. (laughs) Guys, it went gold. It's going to be out November 12th. What could go wrong? (laughs) (laughs) i i think you're i think you're right though jp and i you know i don't think they need to really make a bigger push for the holiday season i i think those two games are are hype enough as is and what i find most interesting about age of calamity is everybody is anticipating the hype for breath of the wild 2 everybody wants breath of the wild 2 and so kind of to tide the Nintendo fans over and the Zelda fans, um, they're, they're releasing this prequel to the amazing story that is Breath of the Wild. 
But what I find most interesting is how they they're doing it because Hyrule Warriors is vastly different from any other Legend of Zelda game. Like it is almost a combat style arena game. It's a beat em up. It's yeah. a full on beat em up. It's not, you're right. It's not like other Zelda games. You're in an enclosed like cube or like some specific patch of land and you just run from corner and corner of the map beating enemies and then you go on to the next map and i think it's really cool and i think it's going to take off really well because i really hope they focus a lot on the story because i did watch a little bit of the original uh hyrule warriors and it seemed like between those uh unending beat-em-up sequences they had a lot of story between those level levels it had its own little story, nothing terribly complicated, but yeah, it had its own thing going on for sure. But you were right. Like it's not con- directly connected to any of the other Zelda games. No, but like this, this is going to be very cool. I'm so hyped for it. All right. So we've talked Pikmin. We've talked Hyrule Warriors. Um, anything else Nintendo wise you need to go over, Zach? You know, and I think we're just going to have a little bit of a discussion here. Do you think Nintendo is set for the holiday season with Super Mario 3D All-Stars? with Hyrule Warriors, Age of Calamity, and with Pikmin 3. Do you think they've cemented themselves pretty good competition for a Xbox Series X and a PS5? Or do they even need to? What are you? What are you guys' thoughts? I, I think they're doing exactly what they should. They're doing the best that they can because clearly a lot of the hype is going to be directed away from Nintendo when these new next-gen consoles release. And I mean... Those are two, well, all three of those titles, the 3D All-Stars, Age of Calamity, and the Pikmin 3, those are solid, heavy-hitting enough for this year when we've got so much else going on with the other consoles. I think Nintendo is solid. I 100% agree. I think Nintendo knows that trying to get into the bullfight with with, uh, Sony and Microsoft right now is not a great idea. So I think they're going to come out with just a couple games to tide them over until the dust settles in this uh, PlayStation 5 Xbox fight. And that's when Nintendo's going to start striking again. You know, we've been talking about, hey, what are you doing next for games? What's going on with maybe another iteration of the Switch console itself? I think Nintendo has plans. I think they've got stuff that they want to do. They're just waiting for the dust to settle. Uh, With that being said, I guess we can go on the next article, guys. All right, so this one is for me. So it was recently announced, or not announced even, it was confirmed rather that um, 99% of prior PlayStation 4 games are going to be working on the PlayStation 5. With only a few games that will quote-unquote be boosted with the new PlayStation 5 hardware, a couple of these games include Witcher, um, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Hitman, Doom Eternal, and Ghost of Tsushima, just to name a few. And it was a pretty big, it, I mean, this is a pretty big announcement because one of the things that PlayStation has been keeping us in the dark the most about since the PlayStation 5 was announced was backwards compatibility. Well, then during the last State of Play event, we got the big news that if you are a PlayStation Plus member, you're going to be able to play uh, most of the PlayStation 4 titles day one if you're signed up with the service. And that 99% of your previous games with the PlayStation 4 are going to be able to work on the PlayStation 5. What's a little weird to me is nobody's talking about that 1% of games that won't work because 
in my mind, I don't understand what the limitations would be of some games that wouldn't make them work. I don't really know. Maybe it was just, I don't think there is, to be honest. I think it was more just a way for Sony to kind of cover themselves just in case. I don't know. Maybe they released some bizarre PlayStation 4 title that just wouldn't work well with the PlayStation 5, in my opinion. But, you know, the weird thing about this whole situation is the fact that People wanted to know so badly what PlayStation 5's backwards compatibility was going to look like. And then they they were very candid about it. They were very open. They shared it with everybody. And hardly anybody talked about it. There were a few people that were hyped up, sure. But people were just like, oh, that's cool. Or I even saw some comments, and we talked about this a couple episodes ago, where people were like, well, what about my PlayStation 3, PlayStation 2, and PlayStation games? Do you remember that? Yeah, and that's that's really funny because, you know, when you talk to an Xbox person compared to a, a PlayStation person, the fight is always about backwards compatibility. Like Xbox people will always boast, yo, well, we got backwards compatibility. We could play Xbox original games and PlayStation fans don't really seem to care. Like they, most people who are really on board with Sony don't give two shits about backwards compatibility. <laughs> They're always looking forward. Well, I mean, as a PlayStation fan myself, my mindset is I don't want to have to stop using my PlayStation 4 Pro right away just because the new console came out. Like, you know, backwards compatibility, I understand it's convenient, but I like the idea that I'm still going to be able to get some use out of my older generation consoles after the new thing comes out. I like that idea. I don't care that much about backwards compatibility because I was looking at all the other See? amazing. I don't. <laughs> I really don't. You are. You're right. And I know that's a bit. You, it was a generalization, but at the very least, it's how I feel. And finally, PlayStation gave the news that PlayStation fans wanted, and most people were just like, meh. <laughs> Honestly, like the the fact that you can play PlayStation 4 games with PlayStation Pass day one when you own your PlayStation 5, that's God of War, that's Horizon Zero Dawn, that's Spider-Man, Until Dawn, a huge library of games. And hardly anyone was talking about that part. And I, I was flabbergasted. And it makes me a little mad to be a PlayStation fanboy because it's like, boys, we're getting what we want. Why aren't you happy? <laughs> Why are you not happy? It's the loud minority. Isn't that like the, what do you call people on the internet? It's always the people who are like... The trolls. Yeah. And they're always the loudest. And it's just like, come on, why you gotta be like this? So those are kind of all the details we have right now about backwards compatibility with the PlayStation. Uh, what do you boys think about all that? Um, I mean, coming from somebody who plays Xbox and has like virtually unlimited backwards compatibility, um... Honestly, I, I find myself not really caring a ton. Like, it's really nice, but like, I don't go back to those games. I, I wait for the new games to come out. And I mean, I think it's a nice feature, um, but in comparison with the Xbox Series X that like is boasting a ton about backwards compatibility, I, I'm not really surprised that this got swept under the rug and that most fans either didn't notice or really didn't care. Interesting. Zach, what about you? What do you think? Yeah, no, very same thing. Echo your sentiments. I just think it's funny that they were like sleeping on this and like they weren't really talking about backwards compatibility. Now they're like, guys, like everything, but like, six I think it's six or seven games are going to work on it 
So, yeah. And I mean, I think, you know, with the way that PlayStation and Xbox have been fighting with this iteration of the console war too, it's kind of like a call and response type deal. And Xbox, they do a great job with backwards compatibility. And it was something that PlayStation just wasn't talking about this that much this time around, which made people ask the question, so what's the plan? And I think that's when PlayStation probably decided that they wanted to go with this amazing service. And I'm just saying it's a little ridiculous to me that it got slept on so hard. People are talking about it, but people aren't talking about it as much as they should for people who are just complaining that we don't have enough details about PlayStation's plan, PlayStation's plans for backwards compatibility. That's all I really have to say about that. If you are one of the people that really cared about PlayStation's backwards compatibility, the good news is we're getting some pretty solid backwards compatibility with this. And not only with, you know, your physical copy, your physical copies of the games, if you're getting the physical edition of the PlayStation 5, but also with all the games you'll be able to play if you're a PlayStation Plus member on day one with the PlayStation 5. You know, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. It's great news. It's great news for PlayStation today. And I I, like PlayStation fans, stop sleeping on this. Like, this is what you wanted. (laughs) This is what we wanted, boy. I mean, not me in particular, because I'm looking in the future. I'm not looking back. But for anyone who was complaining, this is what you wanted. And that's all I really have to say about that, man. And with that, would you guys like to talk about GameStop? Not really. Oh boy, GameStop. (laughs) (laughs) Because somebody's adding more chest compressions just desperately trying to keep this store afloat. And that that company would be Xbox. (laughs) Oh, God damn it. (laughs) They partnered up with GameStop. Microsoft partners up with GameStop and is basically reshaping all of the infrastructure. So... You guys have been to a a cell phone store recently, right? Like you've gotten the whole treatment at a cell phone store, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's what they're turning GameStop into. Huh? So um, this article is actually coming from us, from Microsoft.com. And um, from the article, it says... Uh, this deal will enable store associates the ability to access omni-channels, insights about uh, customer preferences and purchasing history, real-time information on product availability, subscriptions, pricing, and promos in order to provide a differentiated and personalized in-store customer experience. Additionally, Associates will be equipped with the new Microsoft Surface devices that will transform the in-store experience and help unlock new retail experiences in the future. The mobility... Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So basically, everyone's getting like a Kindle or an iPad or I guess a Microsoft Surface is what they call it. And they're going to be pulling up every customer's information and basically digging into their private information, trying to figure out what game they want and like what would be the best for them to play. It's 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 a little big brother to me and I don't like it. <laughs> I Zach, what do you think of all this before I get into it? Um, Why can't GameStop just die? Yeah, right. <laughs> why is everyone fighting tooth and nail to keep this company alive? Because for some people, GameStop's not just another brick and mortar store. I mean, and I understand GameStop was the place to go and pre-order and pick up your video games. And it, it, there's a lot of nostalgia behind GameStop. But come on, 
Remember when you were like eight and you traded in all your Pokemon games and gave you like three fifty for it? Yeah, I got forty games for you. Yeah, best I can do about it is uh, four seventy five. <laughs> and then you go, but it's complete inbox with the package, and they'll be like, "Ooh, sorry, yeah, what, maybe five bucks now." Well, we can give you six dollars store credit, <laughs> <laughs> and then. You, you turn 14 and realize, hey, wait a second, Pokemon's not dumb, I want that back. And then they charge you $30 for it back for just one of them. Yep. It, it wasn't a great business practice and that's, that's kind of why they started dying. I mean, along with digital downloads, obviously. But what are you guys thinking of, of this cell phone shop treatment that Xbox is, is gearing up with GameStop? Like the whole surface pads and like, access to customer information. I I don't think that they're going to be using the access to customer information for like notorious reasons by any means. Like, yeah, they're probably going to look at what you've purchased and use some type of algorithm to be like, okay, so you've bought A and B, so therefore you'll probably enjoy C. And I'll just recommend that to you when you walk in through the door. And that's pretty cool. But what I see from this is you buy one thing from GameStop and then you get five emails for the rest of your life every day from GameStop. <laughs> and that's that's a totally fair assessment of what's going on here too. I'm in this weird boat where I'm praising GameStop because they don't want to close. They don't want to be a thing of the past because of where gaming's heading. So they're trying to be innovative and they're trying to do something new in order to keep their business prominent, like interesting to gamers. But at the same time, I don't think this was necessarily the way to do it because do you ever want to just go in a store to look around without being bothered? All the time. <laughs> just look around, look at stuff. I think GameStop had it more right when they were just trying to be like a gaming merchandise type store that you could go to. Oh yeah, 100%. In my opinion, but now we're at this point where it's like, okay, well, I just want to go and see, you know, maybe there's a few cool used games and immediately, immediately you're going to be berated by people like... Hello, user 48279. <laughs> I see that you recently traded in Madden 2019 and then you picked up Animal Crossing. So therefore, you'll like Hello Kitty Island Adventure. <laughs> and I'm just like, it's not that you're wrong. <laughs> it's not that you're wrong. I just kind of wanted to look around. Now point me in the direction of Hello Kitty Island Adventure. <laughs> I totally agree with you. And I think in, in my honest opinion i think this is just gonna put a giant hole in microsoft's wallet i think microsoft is just going to hemorrhage money with with gamestop because i don't think that this is going to be salvageable no matter what they they can put them in in the geek squad and give them kindles and everything but i think at the end of the day this company is still going to go under zach what happened to the whole reggie fisa may working with gamestop thing how's that going doing it and with that said <laughs> <laughs> for, for what i know he's still working there so i don't know it's how many cooks need to fix a burnt pizza <laughs> well yeah it's it's just like everybody's taking a turn trying to give gamestop cpr <laughs> i i'm sorry i know it sucks to let gamestop go but it's time it is it's time and i mean to be fair, I don't think this is going to save it one bit. I think, honestly, I give GameStop a few more years. And just like GameStop, I think it's about time to put this article to bed. Hey-oh. Hey-oh.
All right. What else is left on the docket to talk about today? Well, we have some more Xbox news. Oh, why? So what else yeah. is on the docket to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. All right, Czar. Keep going on your Xbox spiel. All right. So this article is coming to us from TwistedVoxel.com. And it's all about the Xbox letting you delete certain sections of games. What which, does that even mean? Yeah, I didn't know this was essential, but uh, after reading the article, it makes sense. So um, do you guys have issues with your storage on your consoles? You, you constantly oh, having to the time. <laughs> archive oh, games? Several storage updates to my PlayStation and Switch. I keep buying a bigger SD card. <laughs> <laughs> Xbox is no different. And for my Xbox, I do have an external hard drive to it, but still this storage is is kind of a bitch. Well, with this update for the next gen Xbox, it actually lets you delete specific parts of games. So say you picked up the new COD and you're like me and never touch the multiplayer because it's just a toxic community. <laughs> you can delete the entire multiplayer from a game just to keep the story or vice huh. versa. You can delete the campaign and keep the multiplayer, which that sounds kind of cool. And I didn't know I need, but hey, thanks. <laughs> and this is really interesting, though, because uh, after reading the article, I, I realized something from Xbox because um, they have this feature already all the way back to the Xbox 360 in a different light. Um, so if you download a game and you no, you don't get any achievements in it, as long as your gamer score remains zero, you can delete that game from your history, like completely clear it. And it's like your Xbox never even turned it on. That's interesting. Yeah. And it, it's just those weird little features that just I, I'm kind of like, I, I didn't know I need it, but hey, thanks. So here's my thoughts on this. I've, I mean, I've had to delete games before to make room for new games. I've absolutely had to do that. But and correct me if I'm wrong. Why would you not just if you're not playing the game much? Why would you not just delete the game, but keep the safe storage? Yeah, right. I mean, because you can you can just delete the whole game and and keep your profile information from the game. And if you ever re-downloaded it, all your saves are still there. Save, save storage, save data is so minuscule, the amount of space that it takes up. Why? So like, if you're like, hey, I want to play Wolfenstein after four years, why don't you just re-download the game? But look, all your storage stuff is still there because you kept that because it takes up barely any space whatsoever. And that's fair too. And you know, on the surface of this article, it really doesn't seem like that big of a deal. But here's a little speculation that could be a little terrifying. What happens when publishers like EA and Activision decide to start charging you for specific parts of the game? Because it, it sounds like they're just chopping all these games into parts that you can delete. Like you could delete the middle or you could delete the ends. So what happens when publishers don't finish these games and start charging for these installments. Do you hear that? It's the sound of money. That's the sound of Zach's blood boiling because you... <laughs> nobody hates those companies more than Zach. <laughs> oh my gosh, guys. Did you see how they re-released FIFA 21 from the Switch? Why? Why? <laughs> so, so it's literally they copy and paste it's FIFA 20 
and put it into FIFA 21. Same issues, same everything's still wrong. And so IGN actually did a good thing. They copy and pasted their review from last year, but they docked at some points. So they ended up getting like a two out of 10. Oh, that is petty <laughs> and I love it. I love that. I gotta give IGN credit when they can. Right, right. So giving EA even the slightest idea of something like that just makes, yeah, like you said, my blood boil. I fucking hate them. They're evil, they're lazy, and they're making tons of money still. I wish Karma would come back to get them sometime. Okay, but here's the thing. (laughs) (laughs) Here's the thing though. It's like, yeah, they're making a good amount of money, but it's more of your typical gamer that's just more into like those sports games anyway. That's where the majority of this money is coming from. and. I don't know, like the actual, I would consider those people more of the casual gaming crowd. People who are a little bit more serious about gaming. I mean, I genuinely think if some company tried to do some bullshit like that, we'd probably be boycotting in the streets. (laughs) Yeah, you'd hope so. I mean, that's very evil business practices right there. And I mean, this really gives developers the potential to be lazy and greedy. So besides the possible ramifications for providing services like this, what do you think are some of the upsides of Xbox doing this, Czar? Definitely storage, um, because those external hard drives can get really pricey. And so I think that's kind of what Microsoft is going for here. I, I really feel like there's a bigger picture to this because honestly, I'm having trouble figuring out what's the point of this, like deleting the multiplayer or the single player or specific parts of a game to save storage. Like that just, there's something bigger here. There's gotta be, cause that's not very essential. That's not even very cool. <laughs> I mean, I kind of used an off example with Wolfenstein, which by the way is actually a real life example for me. Wolfenstein was the game I needed to delete when the 500 gigabytes of storage on my PlayStation 4 was up. Rest in peace, Wolfenstein. But (laughs) let's say you are a Call of Duty fan and it's exactly like you said, like, or for most people, it's the opposite. Like they don't want to mess with the campaign. They don't, maybe they'll do the campaign and then they just want to have COD downloaded for multiplayer. You can delete the campaign and just have it on for multiplayer. I mean, yeah, but haven't we haven't we been here before? Like, do you guys remember early uh, PS3 and Xbox 360 where some games would have a separate disc that was the multiplayer or you had to, like, pay to get the access to the multiplayer? I don't quite remember having to pay more money to play multiplayer. I definitely remember DLC that came out like along the same lines. You know, it's like I think my my biggest example is actually an EA game, Dead Space 3, because Dead Space 3 actually had a kind of cool multiplayer where you got to play as the necromorphs against human players. Um, But it was completely separate. Like if you didn't have the EA online pass, you couldn't play the game. Or if you didn't have the disc, you couldn't play the multiplayer. Well, that's a bunch of malarkey. That's, it just sounds to me like we're kind of going back to that. And I'm like, why? Well, we're just going to have to kind of wait and see what happens. (laughs) I think this article brought up a lot more questions than an answer. (laughs) Yeah, you're not kidding. And you're really not kidding. And it really is one of those. Oh, God damn it, Zara. Why must you fail me so often? I told you it's my superpower. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's pretty much it for news, um, unless you did have something you wanted to add. 
I, I was going to say, I think that wraps it up. Um, we might be revisiting this because I still feel like there's a larger story to this article, but who knows with Xbox these days? I'll answer that question for money. <laughs> for money. I love money. So guys, <laughs> what's coming out this week? Zach, you want to do the game releases? Yeah. Amnesia Rebirth is coming to PC, PS4 on October 20th. Ooh, that'll be great. That's a huge, that got a lot of YouTubers start, so. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's one, that's the OG. Is this the third installment? It's the Rebirth installment. Uh, well, is it like a prequel? It's like the Rebirth one, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. After that is Doom Eternal, The Ancient Gods, Part 1 DLC, coming to PC, PS4, Xbox One. On October 20th, and Nintendo Switch, one day. <laughs> Drone Swarm is coming to PC October 20th, and The Guys is coming to PC October 20th. With that being said... Is that all? Yeah, because we did a lot last week. Huh. And it kind of co- a little bit of this week, because I kind of googed. So, uh, my B. <laughs> that was my B. <laughs> all, all right, with that, we're going to hype up one upcoming game. And this is a game that we didn't get to hype up last time because Animal Crossing came out the same day, is it? And that is Doom Eternal. But this time it's DLC. Ooh. Um, guys, I have no idea what, what's going on here. What's going on here? Uh, I honestly haven't seen anything. I haven't picked up Doom Eternal yet, unfortunately. Uh, me neither. What the heck, guys? <laughs> all right. On October 20th, Doom Eternal DLC is coming to PC, PS4, and Xbox One. The DLC is part of Doom Eternal's $30 Season 1 Pass, which was included if you bought the Deluxe Edition back in March. It is, um, but this is said, players do not need to own Doom Eternal to buy and play the Ancient Gods Part 1. It's a standalone purchase of Ancient Gods. It gives buyers access to Battle Mode, which is Doom Eternal's 2v1 best of five rounds multiplayer match. And basically, it says their news release says players will confront an ancient evil awoken from an imbalance in the heavens. Huh. Baddies, players, mow down will include fierce new demons, the statement says. Um, so, guys, with that, why have you none of us played Doom Eternal? Money. <laughs> yeah. Um, because it came out the same time as Animal Crossing. And even though the memes were buddy-buddy, Animal Crossing blew it out of the water. Oh, it really did. It got well overshadowed by Animal Crossing. And I mean, I loved the first Doom, uh, the remake of it. I loved all the Doom, really. But I don't I honestly don't know why I haven't picked this up. I, I mean, I got the Switch and so that definitely didn't help. And I haven't really played my Xbox too much lately. But man, how, how did I let this game get swept under the rug and just kind of forgot about it? And here we are at their first DLC pack. I mean... That it really is what it was for me was the money and knowing that, okay, I could spend $60 on this game and then it'd probably get backlogged immediately. So like, I mean, I'm looking at ads now and I see ironically at GameStop, like the PS4 edition is like 30 bucks. Hmm. Yeah, it'll be. So are you guys going to pick this up? I, I'm definitely going to have to. Um, I think it's about time I finally jump on Dune Eternal, especially now with this DLC that comes out. I'm really curious to see the extra story to it. And I'm also really confused. Like, it's DLC, but you don't actually need the game? Yeah. Huh. Is, is that just for, like, the multiplayer? Or can you actually play the whole DLC story, too? I believe it was just for the battle mode. Oh, okay. 
A standalone purchase of Ancient Gods Part 1's gives the buyer access to battle mode. Oh, okay, uh, that makes sense. I wonder if that's a question I can find on the internet. Colonel <laughs> DLC. Damn it, sorry, you just had to ask questions. I know, I'm the worst. I'm excited for this, guys. Um, there's definitely some questions here. We might have to add into our, our Twitter at a later date. See, now that I'm like re-looking at it, maybe it's just saying that you buy that, you can buy just that part of the expansion for 20 bucks. Hmm. Because there's a season pass and then the Ancient Gods is its own part of the season pass. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I think I'm thinking of what you're laying down. that's what it means. Interesting. I mean, regardless, I'm still pretty hyped for it. Um, I might give the online a little bit of a try. I'm not a huge fan of low PVPs, like a 2v1. Um, I'm sure it's going to be balanced really well and be a lot of fun, but I usually don't play nice well. But <laughs> I, I have been really anticipating and hyping this um, Doom sequel because I absolutely loved the remake. I I don't know why I haven't why I've slept on it though. <laughs> money, yeah, money. it's yeah. about the money. For me, it's just because it's not on Switch yet. But then I'm looking at it now. By the time it's on Switch, I might as well buy it for Black Friday on PC and get some new set of PC. Oh, here. Doom is something you're going to want on PC, man. The graphics, especially with your setup, are going to look stellar. Oh, yeah. It's going to be gory good time. <laughs> All right, boys. Uh, I think we have covered everything we need to cover. I think that'll do it. All right. So we hyped up a very special episode that's coming up for Saturday and we meet it. Stick around and make sure you listen to that episode because it's going to be a good one. Oh, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> Travis, come back. <laughs> you can blame it all on Zar. Yeah. <laughs> Zach, you can blame it on Zach. What? I blame all my problems on Zach. That's been going pretty well for me so far. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the Game Tea Podcast. We'll see you in the next episode. You just got your Game Tea. Bye. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the Game Tea Podcast. If you liked what you heard, why not follow us on social media? You can find us on Twitter at the Game Tea Podcast X. You can find us on Facebook at the Game Tea Podcast. And you can find us on Instagram at the Game Tea Podcast.